We're a boutique podcast. And I'll always be there for him. And not just through the good times, through the bad, too. Mark Fallhauer. We're on line four. I'm not here. We represent the Red Shovel Network. I work with great people, and I have the respect and the appreciation of my clients. He's a lying motherfucker. Can I say motherfucker? We take care of a client's individual needs. If there's anything I've learned after 20 years of getting involved with clients' personal lives, it's don't get involved with clients' personal lives. In 25 years of business, the soul of Detroit has always shown a profit, and that is not going to stop now. ML Elric, you're depraved. You make it sound like a bad thing. You asked it around, you're too much of my shit. It's gone. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Come on. That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You are qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric. <laughs> With some bad news here on the soul of Detroit. This news broke Sunday night. And I, I, yes, thanks for taking the music down. I, I think we need to, this needs to be sort of austere. We, we found out late and to our shock and chagrin that Sean Windsor entered the transfer portal. <laughs> Unfortunately, there were no takers and we forgot to lock the door behind him. So he has returned to the program. Sean Windsor, a uh, five-star uh, recruit out of Ypsilanti. Not known for his speed, not known for his Wonderlick score, not known for uh, his, his energy uh, level. Yeah, he's, he's got a low uh, motor. Yeah, he, he has a low motor. It's uh, it's like one of those motors in a Segway, um, but it, it consumes very little fuel. And uh, and he is back, and we we think that this means that, uh, that this could be a challenging season. So, Sean, thank you for trying to take your talents elsewhere, but finding that this was the only place they would be. Let's just say accommodated. It's good to be here, and I'm sorry that I ruined uh, what is your normal opening of the show because <laughs> I didn't want to listen to your Neanderthal bullshit in the pre pregame. That was, you know what nice, I mean? that was a nice fight. And and if I, you know, so but I I didn't expect you to carry it over to tape, if, so to speak. If I could, well, we are live, it but wasn't. thank thank you for paying attention to the way this show has operated for the last two hundred and two issues episodes but i do want to say no i'm stuck in the past with technology you're stuck in the past with everything else i get it i i do want to say and i hope not to offend that you look very fetching today. <laughs> no i'm just and by I'm fetching just, i mean you look like a dog because dogs fetch i'm just looking for i'm looking forward to warmer weather so mark will be in shorts so his calves will be back out again now who is the objectifier yeah exactly this is this is that kind of is opposite of what you were saying before the show this is the pot calling the kettle coriander, or whatever they make. Coriander. Do you want to tell the listeners Attractive. what we were talking about? Uh, so they're not just coming in cold, out of context? We were talking about a person who's on TV and ML. Our guest is saying no. He's saying no, 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 no. no. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna, I'll paraphrase. And this um, is Mark Fellhauer, of course, here with the Soul of Detroit. about a person, and, and ML said she was attractive, and you got very mad at that. No, that's not quite. That's, that's, you know, what I said was pretty much. they were hardworking. Yeah, that is they true. They were smart. <laughs> They were a fantastic human being. And a stone cold fox. No, and I said, I said a dime. I, know. I said something like a killer dime or something like that. I know you're Get trying. A to, beautiful woman. Yeah, you're trying to change fox. It's okay because you updated fox to dime. Serious question, real quickly. So yeah, uh, but when I called in from Chicago, 
Oh. Sorry, that's from last week. Oh, okay. No, I, at first I thought you were talking about pass, because on the basketball court, a dime is a pass, right? Anyway, or desist. Whatever you want. And in Ann Arbor, a dime is a good night out. Well, a dime is in a... During hash bash. But a dime bag is not a dime bag anymore anyway, right? You know, Sean, I pretty much just try and follow the law, but maybe a miscreant <laughs> like you can inform us on what things are like on the wild side. I don't know. I thought it was legal these days. Real quickly, though, this is a friend of mine's uh, a father was in the hospital. He's okay. He's oh. in his mid-80s. And she was telling me the other day, her and her brother had to several times tell their father to stop oogling and talking to the nurses about how they looked and the, what they were wearing and their makeup and all that sort of stuff. And like, Dad, you can't do that anymore. Now, he's of obviously that generation, right? And he's in his mid-80s. But what about our age? Because I find that some are leaning that way and then some are trying to, to change. Where are I you? I thought you were in your mid eighties. Well, yeah, by energy level. But where, so where are you, Mike? What's that? Or do you go into the hospital? Do you go into the grocery store and just say, "Oh, yeah, nice uh, eyeshadow or whatever"? If I see someone who's attractive, I happen to notice that they're attractive, and it's usually because they've dressed in a way to accentuate what they think are their assets. It's people called reading the room. People like to be admired for their appearance, if. If you are respectful enough, you go up and you say, hey, baby, you, me, and my waterbed are going to yeah. make some ocean motion. That's outrageous and offensive. Yeah. But if you see somebody who clearly has worked very hard to make themselves look attractive and you say, you know, you look but very nice not, today. What's wrong with for, that? That's not for you. They're doing it for themselves. And I would bet most most people, most strangers, because you're talking about strangers, right? They don't want comments. From, they just want you to pay your pull your check card out or whatever and move along. Yeah, but isn't say there, hi if you want. Isn't there a difference between a cat call and just saying, ah, oh, that your hair looks very nice or something? No, there is a difference. There's also a difference between saying yeah. nothing and saying you look nice to a it's total just about, stranger. Well, it's about being polite, though. You know, say you like the Betty Boop watch or whatever. I don't know. Huh? 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 Where are you hanging I out? I mean, if they've got a, a piece of something on that's a little is different. Is this the 1930s? No, the bit, it, it was a thing for a while. But nice, anyway. Nice gams, baby. <laughs> There's a big difference between saying, um, you look very nice today to someone who... Or you look like a whore. No, you're right. There is. But that's... Right? Just say is, nothing. Is, is there another transfer portal window? I mean, I know there were two. Is Just, there a third coming up? If you think that out in society right now that most people want those compliments about their physical appearance from strangers... Then, uh, you, then you're out of touch. No, no, I'm not walking around saying that. You're, you're, uh, you asked me. This is your premise. And again, warning to everybody on this show: if Sean says this is only going to take a minute, uh, be prepared to go oh, have a colonoscopy. But if if somebody looks very nice and it looks like they've gone periods. to some trouble to look very nice, if I see somebody at church and they look great, I'm going to say, "You look terrific today." What's offensive about if that? If you know them. I mean, if, if a stranger come up to, comes up to me and pays a compliment, a I don't say, I don't know you. You this should not a, say anything about who I am or <laughs> what I look like. Wait a second. This is, the, uh, this is the second time you've referenced church. You were talking about it in the pre-show. Well, since when do you go to church? Uh, just about every Sunday. Do you? Thanks for the show prep. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I, I, and I know you don't know that because I haven't seen you there, so that's okay. I'm not judging you oh, I mean, for I knew you went to being church a heathen when you were who will probably office, be consigned but... to the flames of hell. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you think right. a nice aftershave is called brimstone, 
you know, welcome to eternity being skewered by devils. No, it sounds smells more like high karate. So I was just taking you back to your southern roots. You, sir, it's time to repent. You need to take a look inside, and you need to see the truth. Sean Windsor, which is probably somewhat underwhelming. But you do look nice today. I mean, I just can't help myself. I hope that it doesn't offend you. I'm wearing your uh, your swag. I got to walk around with your name on my chest. Well, you great ass. <laughs> uh, that was Tom Tafelski, who's our guest today. We thought Absolutely we should probably Absolutely not. We should probably bring him at some point. He sounds uh, a lot like Al Pacino. That's nice. Uh, Tom is uh, joining us today because he's going to talk Tom. about it's okay what happens to the players who don't show up on anybody's mock draft the players who are considered the tryhards the folks who maybe have had to work harder than folks who are recruited touted praised courted what have you but who have a lot to contribute tom is a sports agent and he's here to talk to us about players who didn't get their name called on draft day and how they're still going to make their dream come true and he's one of the guys who helps do that so we appreciate tom joining us today and tom may i say you look like shit. <laughs> is that better? Is that it? Why don't you just say nothing? Say, welcome to the studio. Well, he's got a great Thanks jacket on. Us. He's got a great shirt on. I mean, he dressed up. He, yeah, sure he, he does mean, look nice. I like I, the Argyle socks. He's a that's, a, that's a nice sports jacket. agent. Of course he dressed up. Oh, now you're, now oh, you're stereotyping nice sports agents? <laughs> See how is, ridiculous hey, all the, this is? The, the, Maybe uh, you should talk to your priest about that or your shaman. The pregame prep that you guys did was phenomenal because you're following the script to the T. So, uh, Mike, if I would have had some uh, swag to put on as a uh, gift beforehand, I would have looked as dapper as Mr. Uh, over here, Mr. Falhauer well, and or Mr. Windsor. Well, he's got the Soprano tracksuit, and I just wear the, the, the company hoodie. He probably got it from Augie, who uh, was r raffling off the other day. Yeah, by the way, the uh, yeah, uh, the tracksuit nine, they raised $3,000 for children's charity. So uh, so thanks to everybody who went to Whiskey and the But did the people look good when they were doing it? You know, I don't look at people that way, Sean. I just say, I hope you're here to have a good time. And by the way, great job in organic chemistry. <laughs> that was a really nice quiz you took. I think now, I think Sean's dying now. <laughs> I, I think he was smoked. Cut to him, Joe. <laughs> no, I think, I think he is. was struck down by the righteous. You okay? This show is brought to you by David Hall and Hall Financial, who probably wishes it wasn't. And of course, Luke Nowacki of Pinnacle Welk Strategies. Who is, and I have to say it because it's true, it's not my handsome. opinion, he's a very fine-looking man. Handsome gentleman. He will not let this go the rest and he of the will show. Help you, you that, right? He will help you prepare for the kind of retirement <laughs> that lets you just relax and, and, and not say anything to nurses in a very comfortable place. He'll make references to that and the Nepo Baby the rest of the show you watch. Not to keep the subject going. Oh, but. and also we're brought to you by the Cadu Cafe, and we'll tell you a little bit more about all the great stuff going on at the Cadu Cafe this month. You can find out more at cadjucafe.com. You will find me and some incredibly, well, I don't want to say attractive-looking people, but people who you might call attractive if Sean wasn't there. Hey, the muscle. Weighing every syllable that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> the muscles that are there are phenomenal. Yeah, as, as a Sicilian-American, part of me, even though last name's uh, Polish, I got a little Polish, Irish, mostly Sicilian. The muscles there are fantastic. And this is a guy who represents athletes, so he knows about muscles. That's right. So, 
Mark, I interrupted you. I think you were going to compliment my hair, which I hope you wouldn't because I want to be I want to be judged by the content of my character. No, it just it bothers me that these hard and fast rules. You can read a room. Some people want to be complimented. Some people don't want to be complimented. Or you can read a church, which I do on a regular basis. I may have mentioned that earlier. It's like uh, First Amendment. It's about time, space, or what is it? Time, place, and manner, right? You're not on the campaign trail anymore. Why are you going to church? Yeah, he, he wants to. 60% of the people in District 4 really appreciate my journalism. <laughs> so, talk, uh, you know, you can look at it as I got killed as a candidate, but I really like to think it was a overwhelming uh, support for my work uh, in the Fourth Estate. You can read a room, but you're still taking a chance when you're talking sure. to somebody you don't know. Yeah, it's my chance. So, n- no, no, not you really. You can't change people. You can only change how you react to them. No, just just don't take the chance. Why, why make somebody feel like that? What's the, wh- for what? To be nice. Yeah, there's lots of ways to be nice. Yeah. That's Go one shovel of them. their driveway. That's one of them. Demonstrate you know I mean? one. Go mow their lawn. It, what, it, it, that the, sounds go, a little go forward. Pick the, go pick up their script. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Manscaped. Yeah. Okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, also today, we will talk about uh, my, my, my campaign, my crusade, if you will, to try and keep the media in Detroit City Hall because we are about to leave. And if we leave, we will never get back. <laughs> And if we don't get back in, we will never see people doing things in City Hall that they wish we didn't see. So we'll have more of that on the show a little later. But we have got to get to Tom because Tom is making deals. He is trying to get guys hooked up with the pros. And, and Tom, you, uh, you, you work with a lot of guys. You've been doing this for about, what, 20 years? 30 years, actually. 30 years. Wow. Okay. 1992. Okay. So, 30 years. 30 years. I know. I don't look that old. No. no, but you look really no, good. You look good. <laughs> yeah, thank you. For 30 years, yeah. I dressed up. Oh, he looks good, yeah, Sean. Does he? Him oh, well, maybe you should just talk to him about what he does well, instead of... We've got to know say that. We've bonded the last 30 minutes, right? But so did you ask him if, if he bit. would mind if you commented on his appearance? We texted. You I took gave some liberties. <laughs> he doesn't have a tie on, so he's he's open to it. And what kind of pic did Sean send you? His portrait from the... Press. Okay. <laughs> press pick. I never had hair. He's got a cleft chin in that picture, if uh, quite a cleft, if I'm reading it correctly. But anyway, Tom, tell us a little bit how you got into this gig and uh, and about the success you've had, because as you've mentioned uh, a couple times, I guess, trying to impress us, you've been to five Super Bowls with your clients because you've taken these guys from the fringe to the front row. Yeah. Um, so I got started in 1992, uh, graduated from uh, Michigan. And I was there and I was taking a class and I happened to have a couple guys from the Fab Five. I was a senior that needed a credit and I took a class. And, and, and they already had contracts with Ed Martin, right? <laughs> so you had to... As, as history would then uh, okay. you know, <laughs> unfold and show, yeah, maybe, allegedly for legal purposes. <laughs> um, but uh, no, so I was in class at Michigan. I was taking a business class and it was a sports business. And I thought this would be something that would be pretty neat to do. And uh, at first, I did it to, you know, kind of once I graduated, I had a void, right? I wanted to see football. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to go travel around the country. And I thought it'd be a pretty neat thing to do. So I did a little research, worked for somebody uh, for about three months, figured uh, if that guy could do it, I sure could do it. And uh, here I am 30 years later. And yes, I've been to five Super Bowls on, you know, my players, uh, you know, that's kind of one of the perks of it, right? So uh, Buffalo Bills, the greatest show on turf, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, you know, so saw the bus here, saw the infamous uh, almost a touchdown for the Tennessee Titans oh. to win. 
and then saw a uh, kicker by the name of Adam, Adam Vettiteri kick uh, after 2001 in New Orleans, and a uh, little-known quarterback that was no one thought he could make it named Tom Brady. Oh, I thought uh, you meant Brian Hoyer. No, he he, he might <laughs> have been on, on the, the roster. Team couple, yeah. <laughs> he was on the team a couple years later, but uh, no. So I've I've been blessed. It's a great. Uh, it's. It's a great profession, but it's also the worst profession. And and, it, it and why seems I, so cutthroat. It, well, it, it is. So let me give you a few statistics and what what you're talking about. So these are all handsome men you represented, right? <laughs> I'll let you take that up well, with especially that. Tom Brady. <laughs> I did not represent. By the way, Tom, Tom Brady, Brady gave up. Brian out. Hoyer is still competing, I believe, at That's a right. high level yeah. in the NFL. Um, so you know, everybody's the draft coverage is amazing. Back when I first started, you know, you had Mel Kuyper, you had a couple other guys, and you know that was basically it. Now it's three days of coverage, nonstop coverage leading up to it. And the fact of the matter is, no one really knows who the hell is going to be taken, other than the teams. And about two, three days before the this year's draft, Chris Ballard was uh, interviewed. The GM of the uh, Colts was interviewed on. Good morning football. And he basically said, you know, I might be lying to you right now. Fact of the matter is no one knows, no one should know. And anybody who's telling draft secrets from our team or the other 31 teams that are out there should be fired. And it's all just uh, a bunch of BS because frankly, you know, the Lions, the Titans, the Texans, whoever they are, they have a blueprint of what they need and how they see those pieces fitting either on the field or in the locker room. And they live and die with their choices. And fans are still going to go. Has what's uh, evidence of what we've seen in the city of Detroit since what was it, 1957? Seven. Yep, yeah. yeah, I was not born prior to that. So, <laughs> so I don't remember that. But well, you look good if you were. If I, thank you. <laughs> but uh, so that's the draft. And then there were, a lot of, there were a lot of cute dolls going around in Detroit back then. There, there, were, there probably were. 23 skidoo. Betty Boop and whatnot, right? So <laughs> I, I may have uh, heard that. Probably. Yeah. So, you know, it, roughly 6,000 players every year get scouted by uh, NFL teams. And uh, whether they're the first pick overall, the first day overall, or what you're referred to in the opening as an undrafted person, undrafted player, that's an undrafted uh, free agent, or what we call them street free agents. And how it works every year, uh, eight to 10 scouts from each team scour the regions. Uh, they scout about 6,000 guys. They pair that down to about 350 guys that go to the combine, right? And they go to the combine mostly for medical or interviews. Of the 6,000, 250, because there's some supplemental picks in there, so 32 teams times 7 plus the supplemental, so somewhere between 250 and 260 get drafted, and then there's another 1,000 kids that come as what's called a street-free agent, and those guys, you know, might not have get got drafted, might not have had the accolades, but you know what? They get into camp, they work their ass off, and somebody takes a liking to them, and boom, they're making you a know, roster. To me, that's one of the more fascinating parts about the NFL draft is the undrafted free agents. And just the second that draft is over, it's just a flood. And I expect eventually ESPN will expand their coverage and start covering the undrafted free agents. Is it just a mad rush the second Mr. Irrelevant's pick to sign him? Or how does that work? So I will say this. The NFL has done a masterful job of taking a pretty... 
it's monotonous, boring event. It's own economy. <laughs> and you know? I have to agree with, I don't know who said it. It might have been you. It was uh, probably Elric. It, it, no, it definitely wasn't. It might have been Drew. They're method actors. Like, oh, yeah. You know, because the fans, the fans yeah. come in there. It's and a show. It's a show. And, and that's what I mean. So they've taken a draft and they've turned it into an event. And I think the first time they had it, it was, I want to say, in Chicago. Chicago, maybe Chicago had when they first moved. When it, it yeah. first moved uh-huh. it, because it used to just be at the the Marriott Marquis yeah, uh-huh. in New York. You were in the ballroom, and you know you had the Jets fans, Giants fans, boo every pick, you. boo the commissioner. <laughs> it was fantastic, right? A lot of babes, there. a lot of babes, and no one watched it other than the agents, the players, you know that type of thing. So, but once the draft, once over, the draft the ends, scenes, though, Mark, yeah. behind the scenes, and it's probably going on truthfully beforehand but legally it's not supposed to happen until that final pick gets in and then yes you're right there's a there's a fury of activity and people are calling where's this guy going and you know sometimes you got to make that commitment right away with the team because you don't know because you don't know and they'll pull the offer because if they're calling your guy they're calling 12 other guys right and um so there's a lot of research that goes in beforehand every nfl agent that's certified has access to all kinds of contract number all kinds of contract info contract language contract numbers the dollar and cents so you kind of have to know going in that we've had activity from two or three teams. This is likely where you'll end up if you're a tight end, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then as the draft plays out and you see, okay, they drafted one tight end, they drafted a, yeah. you know, a receiver that's a bigger guy that maybe they're going to use as a tight end. So then you kind of narrow those down. But then when that call comes, you better have done your preparation, talk to your client, and you know, got him a spot because – after there's only so many spots and nuts yeah and and so it's crazy and you know people say people think that kevin costner uh that movie draft day was about the draft i like to go back to the 1980s classic reality bites because that's really what it is is you know you're an nfl prospect You've probably been the best kid since Little League, right? You've been the strongest, the fastest, the tallest, whatever it may be. And then as you've accelerated up the levels, well, again, 6,000 kids, right, that are draft eligible. Now, because of COVID, we have super seniors. So super seniors add a little bit to that. Of course, the numbers kind of equal out because some of the kids aren't staying. But, you know, now the street free agent, there's a lot more street free agents because the draft spot's still in the 250 level so it's 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 fast and furious as they say but it's also a reality check for a lot of the parents a lot of those kids the draft is humbling i mean just look at jalen carter's look at will levis i mean (laughs) he might have had he might have had other issues but which one (laughs) both of them did but but you got guys from georgia who may have two national championship rings who were still free agents so you can be on the best team and one of the best players and not get one of those spots now Everybody in sports knows Scott Boris, Drew Rosenhaus, and all these other guys. How do you connect with clients, and how do people say, you know what, uh, nobody's calling me back um, at the top of this tower in New York. I need to be represented. I need somebody who, who's going to be effective and who's going to be trustworthy. Uh, how do they come up with yeah. the name Tom Tafelski? Um, <laughs> it's a lot of hard work, so it's a lot. I mean, you're you know, better looking than those guys. Hundred <laughs> percent, absolutely. Um, but you know, you have a lot of friends over the years, right? And it started like anything. You're, you're in class, and you want to find out 
where's that girl go to, you know, where she live, what bar she go to, you know, or where's that guy live where, you know, you had so to you track can, them down the old fashioned yeah, way. So you can get your study group. Together. That's right. And nowadays, you, go to Michigan. you, you I did go to Michigan. Nowadays, the uh, I knew that was going to come in too, right? Well, the Michigan Bronky. guys just always mentioned that really early. Just on. for the record, I went to Michigan. Sparty brought it up. Yeah, if Sparty brought yeah, it up, you came prepared though, right? I did, I did. You, you knew what Actually, you were getting. Hey, I send I send my tuition dollars for my kids to state. I got a couple Sparties too. So there you go, Mike. Yeah, so it's fair. No reason. It's fair balance in my house. I also have a Chippewa, so we're we're. Spreading the, I, I spreading dare say everything. it's a beautiful thing. Yes, but to get back to your question, yes, how, how do we do that? You know, it's a lot now with the internet and the contacts I've made over 30 years, obviously it becomes easier, but still, you're paring down a list of, you know, 6,000 to 1,200, those that'll be drafted or those that'll be street free agents. So, you know, it's a lot of talking to the scouts that you know, a lot of those relationships, a lot of watching guys on TV and saying, yeah, I think he can do this. But again, much like, you know, the general, they're not going to come out and say, we're going to take this guy, we're going to take this guy. It's it's a lot of hard work. And that's why I say it's a great job, but it's also kind of a pain in the ass because the NIL portal has done some things great for the college athletes, but it's also allowed some agents to work around the back by you know hey let's cut a deal with them on an nil that is basically meaningless but then we start to build a relationship mm -hmm. so that we can represent them it's 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 a tough tough business i don't know today if i would get into it like i said when i started in 92 pre-jerry mcguire there was about 1600 or i'm sorry 600 it ballooned up to 1600 and now we're at about 1300 agents the other thing it did was with all the um the, the monies that's out there, you had a agent that maybe had 25 people in New York, one in Dallas, one in say, you know, San Francisco, they started, started to kind of come together and form their collectives. I've done that with some partners in New York and Carolina and Detroit here. Um, th that's kind of the only way you survive is go into it. And then they have venture capitalist money. Because sports is a big business. I mean, look what the NFL did in Kansas City. You took three days that would be pretty sleepy days. You sold out hotel rooms. You sold out restaurants. You sold out. So sports is a huge, huge business, as we know. And uh, it's gotten harder and harder. And like I said, with the collectives and the training that goes in, some agencies will give a guy like, you know, first round guy, they'll give him a hundred grand, a car, go train go live at a place whether it's florida or arizona you know I, we, you got to know your market and that's we know our market where we're at and um we we've done it for 30 years so we've been pretty so, successful <laughs> real quick do the players call you or do you call the players um reach out to, usually you reach out to the players with educational material um for educational purposes after the season once well, they are student athletes that's right. they should always be learning <laughs> once they're uh, once their eligibility is up you reach out to them and uh, you send them some educational materials. Usually the parents want to get involved in that. Um, and again, everybody thinks their child's the best that there is. And then you kind of have to have a reality talk with them and say, look, this is why, you know, we're able to offer this. This is why we think he should train here. This is why we, we should do a few things. I mean, I had a guy I was recruiting this year. He was a local kid. He is on a team. But the second question I was asked from by the father was, have you done a $50 million deal? And I looked at him and I said, yeah, but for who? 
<laughs> and I, you know, I kind of laughed. I knew where he was going, but his son, he thought his son was <laughs> literally getting a deal that was going to be a $50 million deal. What that's, that's a top 10, it, yeah, it, it's not happening. And this kid was coming from a division two, but he was buying into, he had a bigger company come in because somebody probably told him that, you know, the agent that this guy's worth it. Um, they sent him training in Arizona, $25,000 cost there, plus some signing bonus. The kid was up about fifty to 75000 in fees that he incurred. He was a street-free agent. He's lucky if he got 15000 Now See, that, the point- That's interesting. The agents put an investment in because naturally you hear NFL agent, it's like they're taking money, and what are they really doing? I mean, the big story in the NFL offseason is Lamar Jackson trying to become Absolutely. the highest-paid player in NFL history without an agent. And it was interesting. There's a lot of arguments as to why he should have an agent, but then again, why should he give up three percent or you know maybe two percent for of all these millions? Do you think that's going to be a way to go? Are people going to start foregoing agents? I hope not. I mean, I, <laughs> that would really suck. But well, I just no, I think it's a dangerous I, Mar- game. Mar- to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know what? What are the what's the old adage uh, about an attorney? The only one, uh, you know, a fool is the one that represents himself. Doesn't get an attorney. Yeah. Because a lot of emotions go into it when you're negotiating with these teams. Who know, you don't know the market either. That's right. Because right. yeah. you know we have access to the stuff, and you got to you know. I mean, take somebody to sit down, and I mean, I brought some stuff for you guys. Just we were looking through earlier, yeah. but you got to you got to crunch that data. I mean, it's really become an analytic an analytic science from the physicality standpoint, from the pick standpoint, but then also from the financial side. You know, you got to know where people are slotted in. Like the pick, you know, we had a draft pick last year at the 200th slot, let's say. Uh, he he might have received $150,000 in signing bonus, okay, with a $700,000 base salary. This year, that same slot might have received a signing bonus of about the same or maybe slightly lower depending on the analytics, but the base salary went up to 750 from 705. So, you know, the rookie minimum this year on a on a base salary as a street free agent is 750,000. Wow. Now, you know, you're going to say, "Wow, I mean, that's an incredible amount of money." But think never about guaranteed. this. A, it's never guaranteed. Very few contracts are given guaranteed. The Peyton Mattings, the Tom Brady's of the world, you know, okay, but now Lamar. Few and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, now Lamar. Um but think about this. So you're making seven fifty, and 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 think about this point. Depending on where you know, people say, well, the Lions are uh, their headquarters are in Allen Park. Yeah, you know why that's so important. If I'm Lamar Jackson, or if I'm one of these guys that's signing a signing bonus, and I sign in the city of Detroit, what I owe the city of Detroit. Two and three quarters percent of your income. There you go. Speaking from somebody who works down there, right? Pays two and three quarters. Now, if I sign that signing bonus in Allen Park. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't. Not my game checks. I do though. Yeah. So that's the other thing. We actually you know, it's one and a half percent if you're a non-resident. If it, one and a half if you're not. A little less than one and a half. Percent. But think about that. Every you you know a good agent's going to look and say, okay, where are the teams headquartered? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the what's the city tax in that city? Okay, so all things being equal, you know, and I'll throw out there Miami or which is actually outside of Miami or Detroit. You know, all things being equal. All right, if that, if that, if Miami, we got to pay an extra city tax, and we don't in Detroit, who cares? Yeah. Go or take the extra tax. money. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's the thing. These athletes, these high-profiled athletes, have to file city tax returns, and sometimes state in every 
single place they pay play. Now, if you have a high-profile attorney or a doctor that goes in for a surgery or a salesperson, or I, 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 to my knowledge, I don't think that happens. But NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball—I mean, why? Because they're high-profile. Yeah, you it's, know they were there. It's really interesting now seeing these players, um, and like William Morris, which is now William Morris Endeavor. It's just this massive, massive agency. And they're really getting getting into the sports side because, look, they have this whole entertainment arm, too. Are there people, even in the lower parts of the draft or even these street-free agents, that are like, I want to sign with somebody who can get me into a movie or become an influencer? Well, well I'm, I'm a rapper. Yeah, yeah. Mark. I play you know, guitar. That That is, and that is, you're seeing, because it's become How so you competitive. you We just do. We yeah. ju- I mean, you know, I've done it for 30 years. We just do. I mean, because... I, I can call somebody in a front office for with 32 or 32 teams, right? I can, and that's really what helps you get the information. I mean, what's? <laughs> well, do you tell them to? Hey, if you're at William Morris Endeavor, you're gonna be lost in the shuffle. You're lost, and yeah. you're you're a cog in the wheel. I yeah. mean, you know, information is uh, the most valuable commodity there is. So if you know a little information behind the scenes, you can kind of prepare for stuff. So um, it, it's, like I said, it's a fascinating, it's a great business. Um, it's become so competitive. College with the NIL deals, I mean, you know, going to Michigan, I'd see, you know, Tyrone Wheatley, who, by the way, do we know, anybody know where Wheatley is? He's uh, Wayne State. There he's you go. Look, State, sleeping yeah. giant. He's going to awake that sleeping giant. So I'm mad, I'm mad that he left. I, I think <laughs> I think Mick McCabe named him the most talented high school athlete in Michigan history. Is that right, Sean? The Swami would know. Right? I don't know. He's the Swami. I'm not. Yeah. He's the son of Swami. So uh, we're looking forward to Sean participating in this show. This is a sports topic, so he's not that well informed. But but Tom, when these when these guys uh, when you contact them, if they're a lower round draft pick or they weren't drafted, you know, are are they? Are they heartbroken? Are they grateful that they have somebody who's willing to go to bat for them because they're just like, well, you know, I don't know how to navigate this myself? Or are, are they angry? I mean, what, what's the emotion like when all the dust is settled and they're still saying, wait a minute, I thought I was, I was the best thing since, uh, since bottled water? Yeah, it's, it, you run the gamut, right? Because the emotion is, as an athlete, you want to compete. You're the best of the best. You always have been. Your career could be over. All these years, it's done. That's it. And and that's the one thing about football, unlike hockey, which you play not very well, but you do because I've seen you on the ice. I play. I look good um, doing it. (laughs) Basketball, golf, tennis. The only thing you can't play when you get older is football. At some point, the pads come off. And for most kids, it's high school. You know, a, a very there's a fifty nine hundred and seventy one thousand to a million kids play high school football. There's about sixty thousand that go on to college ball at some level. NAIA Division three, two, one, you know, Power Five, Group of Five, kind of thing like that. So, at some point, and for those kids, there's some kids. It's draft day or the day subsequent days after. Yeah, your career just ended. What do you do? Well, the one thing you do is you use that college degree that you went to yeah. for four years. But then there's other leagues, you know. SFL. The XFL. USFL, yeah. the XFL. Europe, I mean, you know. Europe teams, yeah. Uh, the Europe teams, so you got to be real careful doing that with a different... Well, think about it. Okay, you go over and you get a neck injury like Mike Utley did. Uh-huh. You think some European team's going to pay for your care? You think some arena team's going to pay for your care? No. You think you know what I mean? So there's... I had a couple guys, and arena used to be a pretty good. At one point, I had the highest guy, the highest paid player in the arena league. Novo Boyovic? No, but Kurt Warner. That no, but <laughs> I'll that, I'll tell you a story about him off camera. But I did have a couple Iowa barnstormers. Right. But I'm writing that. Yeah, you're writing that down. Um, 
You can't say that on camera? You can't, no. We, we'll leave that for... Can't clean it up? No, no, no. Okay. No, it's not that bad. It's just a... It's, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll save that okay. for afterwards. Okay. He told a woman that she was attractive. No, that was not him. it. Oh. Dateline <laughs> Tia. I like that you've But anyway, let me, let me, it's you know. Rickian. Hey, Mark, I listen, you know, I listen. You're a handsome you, man. People, people make fun of the non-group of five talent, right? The non-NFL yeah. leagues. Oh, yeah. But they have to remember that those kids are busting their ass, putting forth every bit of effort that a guy that goes to Alabama or plays for Pittsburgh Steelers is. And at some point, they want to get to that. They're not any less athletic. It, it drives me nuts. There's a perception of um, college football players that they're all um, thugs or they're just there to play football. It's like, no, there's a lot of people on a team. There's a lot of guys oh, yeah. there that are trying to you know, get a degree and they like yeah. playing football. And I, I just, I've always hated that they all get painted the same. Now, the high-profile guys, sure, whatever. Of course, they're right. there because they know they're going to go to the the NFL. Right. right. Um, what, what do you make of what is going on in college with, uh, with NIL and cause you were explaining there's a difference between NIL and collectives. Collectives. Yeah. So the collective is, you know, kind of more run by a nonprofit affiliated with the university, Which right? Which is horseshit. That is horseshit. <laughs> you mean you shouldn't get the tax right off to. Well, I, the- first off, I think it's horseshit that, you know, these athletic departments are nonprofits in general, I, I, so they have to spend the money. But <laughs> it's, just, it's just a way for these schools to not have to pay the players. So they right. have these collectives. Right. And then the then you have the NIL, name, image, likeness. So that's, I get sponsored by the Drew and Mike podcast, the Red Shovel Network, or Sola Detroit. By the way, I have a player if you guys are looking for one. <laughs> yeah. If we had money. But, but that's, <laughs> we have to yeah. have money, though. No one has money. And speaking of nonprofits, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're an unprofit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, college, I mean, there's no reason, you know, we'll go back to the days of the Fab Five or Elvis Gerbeck or Tyrone Wheatley at Michigan or pick, you know, uh, Kirk Gibson for your Spartan fans way back right he's got number 23 everybody knows it's it's kirk gibson right yeah. why are they not paying everybody knows a tyrone wheatley jersey was six yeah, gerback you know why aren't they paying those kids something so you know when when that lawsuit went through and the ruling came down i don't think i'm glad those kids are getting kind of what they deserve but they still get scholarships Okay. Sure. Not everyone gets a scholarship, though. That's the other thing. You got a lot of walk-ons. You got a lot of kids that play for the love of they the get game. Cost and, of attendance too. Most of them, right? COAs. Yeah. So which are it, a pittance. But. Yeah. But you got to look at. You got to look at. You know, they're playing for the love of the game, and now they can maybe make a little bit of money off the number six jersey. Good for them. The problem, I think, that wasn't really thought out was it now be. It exposed college sports for what it is, a business, a business yeah. right? But the kids still aren't, they're still not in charge. I mean, if you look at your SEC, right? Yeah. They're going to have a quote unquote salary cap, 10 to 15 million. Okay. Wait, what do you, what do you mean? The, Who is imposing a cap? What, no, that's what they're going to pay their players through their collectives or their NILs. That's it's it. I call it a cap because you got to have something there. Right. So, yeah. but that's, that's going to be their pool of money that they're going to, they're going to pull from. 
because they're getting TV revenues. They got, you know, alumni that want to be part of the team. They want, you know, and they're giving it to, in some cases, high school kids who now all of a sudden are going to get a check for $500,000 that they've never filed a tax return in their life. They got to figure out how to do that. They're, you know, we talk about the development of the human mind. Johnny football. Yeah, 25 years old. Too much too soon. Now all of a sudden they made a bunch of money in college. And then they don't make it in the NFL, and then they got to go out and get a real job, making fifty thousand a year. You know, it, you rose real fast, and your star fell even faster. I'd like, like to a see, child actor or something. Yeah, like I'd that. like to see him get it. get it and maybe put it in some type of trust account Nothing or something fun. for the future. Could, could they force him? Uh, you know, that? I don't. I, I that's, that's probably not legal right? question. Yeah. Probably not. Once, I mean, once you're eighteen, yeah, you're not an, much you can make somebody do. It's just I. I think it's again. I hope that then you know, escalates to higher caps in the NFL, higher this, higher that. It's all good for the players, right? And that's what we're here to do is represent the players. People say, well, you know, the players make too much. Well, here's my question uh-huh. to you, okay? Has anybody ever give a shit about the fan? You, you, you know, are they going to institute an owner's cap? In other words, you can't charge X number of dollars more on a on a seat, on parking, on a hot dog, on a Coca Cola or a Pepsi Cola. I'd vote for that. Yeah, well, well, but but that's the argument to the well. The the players make too much money. Well, don't forget about the owners. Now I get that oh, they have. Hey, a, are you talking with, with, me, you're the, talking with pro sports? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, with there's pro, a salary yeah. cap. I mean, the players but, can make a hell of, except for Major League Baseball. But what I'm saying is, there's not an owners cap. Right? No, I know. So I know. at it's the ludicrous. end of the day, who really gets it? The fans get it. Yeah, right? that's why they want a salary cap, and then they try and find every way they can to sub- circumvent the salary cap. A- anybody but, who thinks that LeBron James has paid his value for the Lakers. At his at his salary is insane. Probably I mean, he's, not. He's worth way <laughs> more than that. Yeah, and there, it's, you know, speaking of the salary cap, you know, I mean, there's ways that teams are kind of working around it. Uh, paragraph five, which is referred to P five, that's kind of what the salary is. Now teams are guaranteeing a portion of that. So whether you make it or make a team or not, mm-hmm. instead of a signing bonus. So if I give you a hundred grand in a signing bonus or I guarantee a hundred grand on your P five. Well, guess what? That doesn't count against the cat. So there's ways. To, I, I gotta say, I, I find it all fascinating. It's really ruined a lot of sports arguments. Like when you see trades, the first thing my mind goes to is, "Well, how does this affect the cap now?" And it's just, it's yeah. kind of ruined that aspect of sports. But it's, it's almost a necessary evil. Do you really think that people care as much about what the what player or fans care as much about what players are making these days? Yes. Steph Curry makes fifty million dollars a year, more or less, right? Is is that how much he's worth? No, like he's worth, State Warriors? He's I mean, worth way more. In, unless I'm his agent and he's paying me, I don't give a <laughs> shit what they make. Right? No, but right. I mean, I, I, I mean, think I think more fan. I think fans are more sophisticated a little bit now and understand that even at fifty million dollars, it sounds like a huge number for somebody like that or for any of these stars that they're worth a lot more than that. You know what I think fans care about? Is I think it's a shame that people try product. and measure their worth by money, Sean. What was that? I think it's a shame that we're trying to measure people's worth with dollar signs no, no, and not with who they are and what's in look. their heart. Yeah, no, and that, and, that, that sounds, and what they have to offer. That sounds um. Yeah, that's. Is a good that point. window washer yes. not worth fifty million dollars to somebody? That sounds super sincere. Is that is that is that caregiver not worth a billion dollars to that person who has that bed sore that's just been lanced? I say yes, sir. I say yes. Tom, you see, you cannot put a salary cap on humanity, Sean Windsor. This is what happens if I start talking a little bit. Mark's talking, you're talking. <laughs> yes, it's a yell. He wants to hear his voice. He, he feels left out. Well, not even. No, it's more narcissistic than that. He just wants to hear his voice. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? 
who uh all right I, I, so mark but to answer your question priceless. i think fans care I about a product like i learned that in church on on sunday i went down to see the uh usfl michigan panthers you, yeah i mean yeah. there was probably 15 20 000, having a great time great family atmosphere you can't get that at an nfl game because the ticket prices are unaffordable for the most part what do you mean family atmosphere nobody was cussing no, well, no you, fist fighting. You, you, no, did not see fist fights. You, you, did you used to go to games at the Silverdome? <laughs> oh, that's the best. <laughs> oh my goodness. I yes, it. I. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, a quick story. <laughs> oh, so one goodness. one of the games. Talk- I take no joy in savagery. Any conflict among men, any harm perpetrated upon another man, to me, is untenable. Sean. Sorry, Tom. Go <laughs> so, ahead. Sorry well, for that interruption. Can you return us to the days of the gladiator, Sean Windsor? Here, you want to hear a gladiator story? I got one for you. No, first I want Michael, to, let you take, t- tell it. Yeah. First, yeah. I want to know, are you representing guys in the XFL and the USFL? Uh, no, we don't have any. Because Yeah, great question. Can you answer? Yeah. Can you get to your story, please? Do they no. have reps? They, yeah, they would, yeah, because okay. if you were in the NFL or you were looking to get in the NFL, you couldn't get in the next level. Now, those salaries, I was just going to say, those salaries are set. So really, that's a a futures deal we look at. Potential there to make there. Okay, Okay, back to your story. That's a podcast we want to be interested. Go back to Silverdome. So (laughs) we... uh, Sean Windsor, blood sport fiend. I had a... I'm going to kill his mic. I had a... He kill his mic. There, you can pot him down. He can hear himself, but no one else can. Uh, Had a... had a client with the Buffalo Bill, uh, with the, I'm sorry, Dallas Cowboys. Buffalo had a Monday night game, I believe it was for the first time in like 13 or 14 years against the Dallas Cowboys. So Buffalo's Some nice-looking close. cheerleaders in Dallas. Well, absolutely. That's what they're known for down there. Fine they're pl- playing better than the team. But uh, we, uh, my buddy and I drove across uh, to the game in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. They opened up the lots to drink. At like ten thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. So by the time the nine o'clock game was, because the Monday night games were nine o'clock back then, right? Kickoff oh, yeah, East Coast nine o'clock. Yep. People were just hammered. So we're sitting up in the third level where the visiting teams they usually give them the great seats up in the third level. Uh, although I say Pittsburgh usually helps the visiting teams and gives them nice spots, but Buffalo and Ralph Wilson Stadium did not. <laughs> so we're up in the third tier. And about the fourth quarter of the game, the Bills are the Bills have been kicking Dallas's ass. All of a sudden, the greatest comeback in Monday Night history. Dallas comes from behind, and now the Dallas fans are or the Bills fans are starting yeah, to get boy. a little little mouthy, feeling no pain. And we start noticing. My buddy and I start noticing all these fluorescent like vi- or, uh, vests. And they just start going like beehives. Security, police officer. There were more fights that I think we counted 16. (laughs) And we were by Flozell Adams' family. Oh, God. And somebody started to rip into something. And Flozell's brother stood up and basically looked at the guy. He didn't go after him because the guy, once he stood up, the guy... Back down. Yeah, do, they, do they call but him you the want motel? To talk, Sean, Sean, you want to talk about fights? <laughs> that Silverdome has nothing over Ralph Wilson Stadium wow. on a Monday night game. That's actually a great stadium, by the way. Ralph it, Wilson. It, it, I love yeah. it. The, it was, it's, the press box is low. It's, yes. Yeah, it's, great. it's this job. One of the things, you know, why did I get into it? Just kind of the fun of it. And I've been to, you know, 27 NFL stadiums. I've seen Super Bowls. I've seen games. And my children, I got three boys. So they've been 22 different camps and or stadiums. And, you know, I mean, how many 
fourth graders get to hang out with the Minnesota Vikings and see Toby Gerhardt, who was his idol on TV, and oh yeah, that other running back, Adrian Peterson. Yeah. You know, so it, it's been a great career, and you know, hopefully, I got a lot more to go, and it's fun. Do you ever what, have run-ins you, with other agents, like say uh, Drew Rosenhaus yeah, or uh, so, <laughs> Master P? Master P, yeah. So, uh, what a joke uh, of an agent Master P was. No comment. So, oh, okay. What a great agent Master P was. <laughs> no comment. Great dental plan for his clients. Yes. So. But, uh, <laughs> no, so we, um, Every year we have a seminar in Indianapolis where we are all kind of, that are the Sports Lawyers Association. And usually we go down there and, yeah, you, you kind of see everybody and who you think they are, they are. I mean, you know, that's the shark that doesn't swim, swim or the shark that, that was his book, but you yeah, know, yeah, I yeah. shouldn't even plug it, right? But <laughs> no, I mean. And you all go to St. Elmo's and get the shrimp cocktail. And that's about, if you want a good steak, go to Prime 47. It used to be called Moles. It's on in an old bank, but the shrimp cocktail by far is at St. Elmo's, or they own the place. I can hear I can hear Harry and Izzy's. Or Harry and Izzy's. Or go get stuff. to the go get the Reuben at Shapiro's Deli. Are we in Indy? <laughs> no, one, no one knows these places. It, you know what the sad these part? These are iconic places. Down they, there. They're, no, they're well, the Wolverines it, are yeah. finally getting to Indy, so they should get they these should. tips. <laughs> I, I wish the Spartans could get there before all the restaurants. And closed. by the way, next time you go to Buffalo, get a beef on Weck. Beef on Weck. Okay, I will, I'll, I'll look at that. I'm, I like the wings. I'm partial to the wings, but uh, or the just the cold. Beer. Don't shake your head, Mark. <laughs> so Tom, we do we do run into guys, but to be honest with you, Mark, it's competition, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you know, how you doing, whatever. Unless you're part of a conglomerate, like I, you know, I am. So I was solo at it for 25 years. In the last uh, four or five years, I just joined with uh, some guys, just because we have to, you know, we have to compete. And again, knowledge is power. And the more phone calls no, you can oh make God, yeah. on draft day, if it's one guy calling or six guys calling, you know, it helps. So, so, Tom, before we let you go, t tell us one of your your favorite stories about somebody you represented where, you know, they may have been thinking it's over and and you helped them you helped them make the cut and uh, and live their dream. <laughs> Guy by the name of Nate Washington, wide receiver out of Tiffin University, D2. From Toledo, Toledo Scott High School, uh, recruited Nate from Tiffin, was talking to him and uh, he wasn't answering his cell phone, or in that day, I think it was his landline. Real, real quickly, tell tell listeners why you recruited him. You saw him at games. I so so you're betting on your talent evaluation to some degree too, right? Uh, yes, and I'm betting on you know the, the that uh, the people in the area that I know that are the ones that are maybe making lists and whatnot are like, yeah, hey, this guy's a pretty good guy. But um, in that particular case, I knew a former coach of his. Okay. So, and he said, look, this guy's going to play one day. And I'm like, you know, really? Tiffin? Come on. Tiffin, yeah. the Mighty Dragons, baby. So you put your, put, put your trust so, in that coach. So, why was, yeah, he, so why was put, he at Tiffin then, right? I mean, isn't Well, that, you know, why was he at Tiffin? Because maybe he bloomed later. You yeah. know, and that's what people don't understand when they're Happens doing all, all, the this, all this draft analysis BS, right? Oh, you know, he's if he's coming out of Alabama, he's going to be, you know. Why what? was Steph Curry at Davidson? Right. Of course. Yeah. Did he bloom later? Did he just not get overlooked? Did he not get played in high school so he didn't get the big stats? Who makes the uh, who makes the one, two, three, four, five star high school list? What the hell does he know about anything? What's he know about the level of competition in the KLAA West or East versus the you know the the parochial league or the PSL. I often ask myself that question. I, Mike, you're very, you know, very intuitive. You potted him down. Very astute. So, <laughs> but, uh, so Nate, I drove down, drove down to Tiffin. Tiffin's a small little sleepy town. If you've never been there, 
you're not missing much. Yeah. But um, I do think they had American Standard, the toilet and uh, faucet company. Uh, My son played college basketball. At a, had a game there. Yeah, so you know. Yeah. I mean, it's there's there's not a hell of a lot. So I I, I stopped at Nate's. I go, Nate, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't. I just. I don't think I want to do it. And I basically took him out. We went and had a had a sandwich and kind of talked him into doing it. Fast forward a month later, the NFL, uh, he doesn't get invited to the combine, small school guy. So we have his workout, his lifting, his broad jump, and the, the those measurables are in basically an old meat locker by the railroad tracks in Tiffin. This is no BS. This is where it was. It used to be. Very similar to where it is now. But his workout facility, his 40-yard dash and all that, was at the YMCA downtown Tiffin. 14 teams were there. We went from Tiffin, first time it ever happened. We drive over to the YMCA. They set up the 40, and it's like 60 yards. So his 40, he's got to pull up like at 42 because you want to run through the 40. He runs, draft day comes. I got Carolina, I got Buffalo, my buddy Tom Roth is up there as a scout calling, and I got Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh says, Doug Whaley was the scout who's now with the XFL, and Doug Whaley's like, we want him. We were we had done our homework. We looked at you know the percentage of free agents that Pittsburgh's kept over the years versus Carolina or Detroit oh, wow. or whatnot. So we knew there was a, you know, a, the odds were in his favor if he went to Pittsburgh. He went there and blew it out, and two Super Bowls later and millions of dollars later, he had a nice uh, 10-, 12-year in the NFL. And as Sean will tell you, he could get a Pramani sandwich while he's there. If you, <laughs> only if you get the fries mashed on top. Of course, that's what makes it a Pramani Brothers sandwich. As an agent, it goes without though, saying. I thought you'd know that as an agent. I, <laughs> you know, when you're With talking your about beef these. on whack and your izzies and scratchies. And he's, I think he's just jealous he hasn't got down there. Is that what it is? He's jealous he doesn't have any taste buds. <laughs> when, when you're looking at Pittsburgh and, and say, Buffalo and, and Detroit, and you're looking at these, you got to believe the, I don't want to say culture because that word's so overused, but just how the organization is set up. It's yeah. like, you want to stay away from that team. Uh, does, that, does that really exist, or is that a fan's mentality? I think of, it's more of a fan's mentality. Really? Okay. Because here's the thing. If it's a good fit for your client, what, what what's it about? At the end of the day, it's about your, your client making that roster, getting that paycheck, getting the opportunity to fulfill his dream. So... But, you know, but some NFL teams are run way better than other NFL teams. No, no question. But still, if that team's not calling you, I mean, that's the other flip side to it, right? That team has to want you. Yeah. If, if you only have one or two teams, even if their quote-unquote culture is not the makeup that you believe, but your client can make that roster, that gives them an opportunity to play two, three, four years, become a undraft or a, a unrestricted free agent, and then maybe go to a team that you know mm-hmm. has a better culture. Again, it's about it's it's about making that roster. I always tell guys, look, if you don't get drafted in, you know, April, okay, I don't care. What I care about is September, yeah. are you on the 53-man roster? Are you on the practice squad? Because even practice squad now, mm. practice squad pays about $225,000. You know, and people, we throw these numbers out there, but think about that. The 225 and the 750 for a base salary year one guy that's on the 53, you're paying almost 50% in taxes. You have to relocate. You have to do all that stuff. It's not, I'm not crying for him, but it's not a lot of money when you think about it. There was always this perception, like, who would want to go play in Detroit? It's that that uh, front office. I mean, this is pretty yeah, home. Right, the, right, the front right. office is terrible. And, and I was like, well, I mean, from what they do and how hard they work, 
I would think almost every city is kind of the same because you're going to a facility. Is that you're I, going I to one of thirty-two teams? I mean, you're going to one of thirty-two employers. There's only thirty-two employers, and Are, everybody is, is wants each to be franchise there. that different from the other. Well, so go back to what we kind of talked about, where franchises are located. Yeah. So for tax purposes, maybe, or they got brownfield money, so they could build a bigger, better, yeah. right? Yeah. But also think about this: they want to recruit that free agent, right? So if you walk through my facility and it's a meat locker as sure. the as the weight room, which um, the New Orleans Saints used to be on Airport Road, they were old storage facility. It was one of the, Ugh. but you know what? They paid the same as the the Rams did at the time, right? Which had a brand new facility because they were in St. Louis and they didn't want to lose. St. Louis didn't want to lose them. Uh, fast forward 30 years, I guess, didn't work out so well. But every facility is also kind of like college. You're competing. You're trying to make sure your facilities are top-notch. You're trying to get the free agents as they walk through the door. Trying to get the coaches. Trying to get the front office staff. You want to have the best and you know, so they're going to build, the owners are Yeah, are I know, they, they, didn't they do like a big survey with the players? Yes, and, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I think there were rats in Kansas City. I'm like, yeah, they won the Super Bowl, who cares? <laughs> before, before you go, though, Tom, you've been doing this for 30 years. Can you speak to the Lions' current front office oh. and, and what you think of them? And just I, what you know, you, what you, he loves all front offices. Yeah, what, you, what, you, you, <laughs> what you hear, though, I mean, just the changes? The perception. Uh, yeah. The perception? It, it, yeah, the perception, you know, I mean, well, if you talk to some fans, they're like, we should have drafted this guy or that guy, right? I mean, but again, I truly think, like Brad Holmes was a scout for the Rams. He was a regional guy in the area, right? right. He worked his way up, and he he has a blueprint. He has an idea how they want to run along with Coach Campbell. They know what they want to do. They know the pieces of the puzzle that they need to put in. And again, these teams spend, you know, six to eight million a year scouting. Right, so no one knows better than the teams. Now, are they off? Yeah, of course. But I mean, Mel Kuyper got—he's the expert, right? He got one right. <laughs> so you know um, that I think they're on the right track. We'll see. Time will tell. Obviously, that's kind of what everybody says. But you know, they seem to be heading in the right direction. Their trajectory. People might not like their moves, but again, they have a plan and they have you know a direction that they want to go. And I think. As long as they follow it and, and stick to it, you know, they'll live and die with it, but I think they'll be okay in the long run. You still here you're still here, ML? You haven't talked in like ten minutes. I was I was Are you sad? Taking some time for quiet reflection. I've see what you did, Sean. Now Mike Mike knows we uh we have a tiger game that the both of us I, are gonna freeze at yeah, tonight. I look yeah. deep into my soul why, why and I, I still can't believe Sean sure is putting sure. monetary value on people like they're chattel. <laughs> so he's been waiting people, Sean, they're very nice looking people. You've been waiting fifteen minutes to say that? Well, you waited 15 minutes. It wasn't no great shakes when you really broke wait. out. I, just, I didn't really wait. I just was enjoying listening to Tom. I, I got to tell you. Tom's I, got a nice you, voice, <laughs> if I, I may say that. Thank you. Well, yeah. it's such a fascinating world. It's, that's, it's, I'll tell you what, it's, uh, and it's ever-changing. Right. I mean, it's, you know, we every day we get the waiver wire that comes down from the league through the Players Association and you can see where guys are, where they're where they're headed or, you know, oh, they cut this guy. Capri's what it's just it's amazing. Or, oh, my God, they pick that guy up. But again, they're staying the team that picked him up, staying true to the conviction. I'm not the one that put my name on the line to bring. Well, I don't just mean talent about talent evaluation. You know, the the way they ran things, the way they interacted with people, the way they were. In a previous regime, especially, it was it was you know 
I got to tell you, the guys that I've always great. Yeah, the guys that I've always interacted with in Detroit have been nothing but first class to me. Now maybe that's because I'm in their city and they know I'm not going away, and they might be. But they've always been top notch, first class. Pittsburgh's always been top. Buffalo. um, I had a a a guy by the name of Mike Lombardi. He was with the uh, Browns, and one of my first clients that were there. We uh, we had him traded or picked up by the New Orleans Saints, and he called me 30 years ago and said, "You'll never make another fucking day in this league." Click. Well, hey Mike, I'm still here. Wow. <laughs> what? How'd you piss him off? Because we moved. We uh, offensive linemen. Uh, we moved down to Toledo. They had on the practice squad, and we just didn't see. That was the year Steve Everett was drafted yeah. from Michigan. Oh, yeah. So and. Um, kudos to Everett because I knew him through school. I didn't represent him, but he was number one. He knew he was number one. He were drafted, you know, first round. He would pull my guy in and give him some reps with the first team or to get forever to take a blow or just, you know, let him go. And they were keeping my guy in the practice squad. And what happened was the Saints needed somebody because they had an injury and it was week six of the season. And I knew if he went down to New Orleans that he would get at least three game checks and then get a credited season because they'd keep him on for the rest. And it worked out well. He ended up playing and winning a Super Bowl for the uh, St. Louis Rams, and he lost the Super Bowl for the St. Louis Rams. Finished his career in Detroit. Guy by the name of Andy McCollum was a hell of a interior three center guard, part of the greatest show on turf. But have started you, have you in talked Cleveland. to Michael Lombardi since? No, I, I don't think we'd, we'd, we. I don't think we'd be pen pals or talk. I mean, you know, guys say it in anger, right? All I the mean, time. vice versa. I may say something, but I got to kind of keep my cool because yeah. why? They're one of thirty-two employers. I'd like to tell them what what I think. I mean, I'd like to be like Sean and Mike, tell them what I think with each other. But Sean's I, only got yeah. two employees. He's he's completely disrespectful. I wish you would take a, a page out of Tom's book, uh, Mister Windsor. So now, my he's, goodness, he's my employer. This is outrageous. Yeah, in he fact, does I, send the checks. I just That's did funny. send you payment for March and April. <laughs> I kind of was behind. That's what I was working on. You don't. You don't need. I to did do have that. to discount it. I come <laughs> over here for the friendship and the camaraderie for the fellowship. You're so full I, of honestly, shit. I didn't. Well, that's real, good because we have a merit-based pay system. And I didn't, it, <laughs> full of shit, my ass. Not be very well, lucrative. I started this Whoa. podcast. There was no money. I just came to do it. I didn't realize he used uh, the coin rolls to pay people. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but nice. I firsthand I see that. So it's that's... tough to get those Canadian pennies too. Believe me, <laughs> well, he, but look, especially it, with COVID. Look, he likes to think of himself as a boss just for the planet. So it's it's all good. Yeah, yeah. So there's true. all kinds of bosses. You know, you know, you know what we tell people in this business: credits free. Give them oh. credit. Credits free. I thought you were going to say shut the fuck up. But I, no. I'd like to say that, but no, <laughs> credits free. We go ahead. So, so Tom, you're talking about guys who who kind of fell through the cracks, or for whatever reason didn't get drafted, or were drafted in a very low round. But you've mentioned several people who have played for multiple teams, who've made it to Super Bowls. What is it that that they have that somebody missed? So that's because there's lots of first round. Charles right. Rogers, right. number yeah. one pick, gone. I guarantee it'll be some in this year's draft too. Jamar that. Russell, purple drank. Jamarcus, you know? yeah. Jamarcus, yeah. Jamarcus Russell, Jamarcus yeah. Russell, yeah. But he could throw off his knees. Yeah, sixty yards. Yeah. So, um, it, you know what I tell you is a lot of teams they should what they should do really spend more time on is character background. How's a kid going to fit in the locker room? How are they going to do? You know, as an adult in a city, not being kind of yeah. catered to by handlers in the university, um, they probably should spend more time on that. And then heart, you can't measure a kid's heart. 
you can't measure that, you know, that inner uh, will of somebody that says, I'm going to make it at all costs, you know, and uh, some guys get the check and they're like, yeah, okay, I don't have to play anymore. You know, they love, there's a difference between playing the game and loving the game. And then those that will do anything they possibly can to get a shot. And, you know, that's, that's what you can't measure. Okay, well, if you're one of those guys, call Tom Tafelski. Sounds like he can make a pretty good case for you with everybody not named Lombardi. And what have guys named Lombardi ever done in the NFL? Yeah, well, nothing. Oh, outside wait a minute. Outside of the first one. Yeah. Well, that we had Joe Lombardi, right? Wasn't that the yeah, grand? Yeah, he, he didn't failure. do much either. So <laughs> massive failure. Well, Tom, thanks for coming in. And um, are you done now with this this round, or you still have deals you're trying to make? I, you know, we have a couple guys that are on place that I think are pretty good guys. Um, Every day, and this is what I tell them, every day it's, you know, the, the, the door is getting closer to closing. But, you know, depending on the position, there's always injuries in training camp. There's always guys that, you know, maybe get recycled or get a second look or a third look. Um, so, yeah, and then you're looking to Canada too, right? Guys want to keep playing. Maybe we go up to Canada. Um, XFL's winding down. USFL's beginning, middle of their season. So, and they got to, that'd be difficult to kind of latch on right now. You'd really have to know somebody who says, yeah, we want your guy. Um, so we're winding down for this year, but we're cranking up for next year because you're getting the juniors that are going to be seniors. Some of those seniors that are super seniors because of COVID. So we're kind of formulating those lists to figure out where we target and who we go after and how we can keep Keep doing the business here. Never love stops. It. Never stops. And you Never don't stops. care what they look like. I don't care what they look okay. like. That's good. I don't either, for the record. <laughs> I want them to be good people, run fast. Two nickels, a dime, don't matter to me. It's all 10 cents. And, all and we're all cents. people inside. Inside, we're all beautiful. Right, Sean? He's yes. the master of bringing it back around, isn't he? He's No, he's the master of everything. He's great. They call me the $50 million man, but he's I think a, that undervalues me. He's Seriously a benevolent. I, you probably need an agent. He's a benevolent <laughs> boss. And what Sean is needs the standard an agent. Rate? There you go. It, I don't need an agent. Is it 3%, 2%? Uh, you know, you have a sliding I don't have anything, uh, I don't have anything worth representing. Mike's a benevolent boss, right, Mark? He's fine. <laughs> what uh you no know, ML so had a question there. I want to hear the answer. Yeah, so you know, here's what I tell here's what I tell yeah. everybody. Yeah. Credits free. Blind blind squirrel finds a nut. Okay. okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> uh here, here's what I tell people. because um, people always say, Hey, what's your guy make on the offensive line? What's your guy, your receiver, your tight end? I don't walk up to a nurse in, you know, the hospital and go, Hey, what are you making as an hourly rate? You know, I mean, we we tend to forget as these people are entertainers. This, but it's also their livelihood. Yeah. I mean, we don't walk around just saying, "Hey, no, we what want do you to know mean? what your cut is." Oh, I know what you want to know. So, but that's uh, that's another podcast you'll have to tune in later. Proprietary so. information. Yeah, so there's well. not a standard. There's not a flat fee. Oh, yeah. There, 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 there right? is, yeah. but it's but it's, it's also negotiable. yeah. I mean, it, everything's a negotiating. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm chip. sure you would take half a percent to represent Lamar. I don't know. There's a lot of headache. I got three boys. I don't need babysitters. A half a percent of the largest NFL contract ever. Oh, you, you know, Peace I, of mind's worth something, okay, baby. All right. I, I got to ask so Tom one more it. question. I would do it. This is the old reporter thing. Is A last question, then there's one more question. Have you ever had any of these guys who caught on and people really understood that, oh, this we, we missed this guy? Have you ever had anybody say, you know what, Tom? You've been a great guy for me, but I, I, I got to go with... Oh yeah, we get yeah. I've been sure thirty years, but I've also had. What's that like? Yeah, you're like you son of a bitch. You were on the gutter, and I pulled you up, and you're nothing without I, me. And it's, uh, I mean, you know, when you get terminated from a job, 
you kind of, yeah, you say your piece and you move on. Find someone better. Yeah, find somebody better. And vice versa. Then you get people who call Mm -hmm. you and say, hey, I didn't like this guy because of the color of his shoes what he had on and move forward. You know, I mean, yeah, you just move forward. But yeah, for anybody to say that they haven't been fired and they're in this business, they're lying. But, but I mean, what do you think they're thinking? Do they think that, oh, I'm, I'm oh, too they, big for it, this it, guy so now? Or? Rule number one is it's always the agent's fault. Okay. Because again, go back to you were in third grade and you were the best kid on the league. You know, you've always heard from at every level, from the parent, from, you know, a coach, from this and that. So, What's the what's the new thing that has been introduced? It's been an agent, right? Yeah. So whose fault is it? What well, is it me? Because I've been doing everything on the way, you know. So yeah, it just seems shitty to have somebody who really really got you where you are, and then figure, oh no, no. But you know, at the same time, did I really get them where they? It, it was their talent, but their talent level couldn't take it. Took, couldn't take him to the next level, the professional level. I, we made all the calls. We got all the introductions. We got him eyeballs to come look at him. We got him tryouts. Well, I don't mean yeah. somebody who didn't get signed. I mean, did you have somebody who who yes, 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 started sure, a career sure. and they said, "Oh, I can sure. do better." You know, sure. sure. That, that seems pretty shitty to me, frankly. Well, but that's but you know, you have other agents out there. That's why when Mark asked the question, "Do you know this guy?" Do you know? Yeah, of course I know who they are. They know I, but. We're not buddies because at the end of the day, they're start they'll they're still trying to get the dollars that are going in my pocket from my client. And you might think you have that great great reputation or great relationship with them, but you don't. I mean, you're not living with them. You're not in their yeah. home city. You you really don't know. Ugh, so I don't know. That's a I tough just like business, I, man. I like to recruit clients as people first because I think if you do the right character thing, that tends to carry over how they'll do business, get to know the families, um, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of how I like yeah, to who do wants it. to rep someone like Antonio Brown? I mean, you're just asking for, for headache after headache after headache. Fire, fire up chips, baby. That's, <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I guess Maybe you should, did rep them. I don't know. We should ask you whether you fired <laughs> any, any clients, but that might be, that might yeah, also it be. It was just the first headache I could think of. I, 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 yes, I'm sure. But it's really interesting that Jalen Carter, I, I noticed when he got drafted, Drew Rosenhaus. Was right next to shadow, him. baby. That was really shadow. that was really telling. Like, okay, that's what most of the NFL is. It's not about necessarily the car crash. There's a lot more behind that and behind the drag racing and showing up overweight. And then, meanwhile, you have um, on day two, Will Levis, who was there all day one. Uh, day two, he's like, I'm not going to, back. To but be the honest, Lions drafted the one guy, Brian Branch, the safety from which, uh, Alabama. That is so telling that he's like, no, I want the experience. I'm going to. He say, stayed and stuck and, and swallowed his pride. And to be honest up. with you, I think that's that the, great. I mean, the green room. It's you know, do you remember who was the first one? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, one, yeah. he sat there and he sat there, and you know, okay, yeah, they're all going to get paid and they're all going to get their shining star in their mouth. Ego, but 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 yeah, no, back to that interview with Chris Ballard and every GM and Scott, no one knows who the hell they're taking. Now they got an idea, but no one knows who the hell they're going to take. Not even the league offices. So to invite those kids and to go through it, I mean, if you want to have them in a room off to the side, but the camera not in front of them, every friggin' pick that goes by at 10 minutes a pick times the 32 picks that they can string it out for six hours because of, you know, commercial after commercial. It's just not fair to those kids, but it's I would the ego, go. and it's. Yeah. Yeah, I would know. not want to go. First off, you're going to Kansas City. You know I mean? Yeah, but you, next year it's, it's here. Long, they're coming to Detroit. They're coming to Detroit. Show. Mark, they're coming to Detroit next I year. I mean, I know, I know. you know, that's going to be a hell of a uh, you know boost for the economy for three days in April. Yeah. That 
we'd never get that money. The you know? NFL is an amazing monster. It's an amazing monster. It really so it's is. a movable feast. And if you want to get your picture taken in front of the draft clock, there is a huge thing yeah. at Campus Martius. Yeah, it's it's got to be about 10 feet tall. It looks like a gear. You can stand in the middle of it, and they're doing the countdown to the draft coming to Detroit, which it will do next year. Are you going to offer yourself so folks can take free photos with you? I, I don't like to objectify people, particularly myself. I think that uh, I think that if they feel that they would like to have a picture, well, normally together, you I, charge. I, so I would I accommodate them. on account of the draft. You'd want to, but you know, this is the way I think of it, Sean. Give I think it'd be away. it'd be my privilege to have a photo taken with them. <laughs> that's that's the truth. Okay, that's the truth. That sounds nice. These insignificant ants who somehow want to somehow there's be the, there's bask in the reflected glory of me. <laughs> yes, yes, out. I will deign to be photographed there with them. Coming out, Mark. Yeah, that's fine. I'm not. I'm not. Well, I mean, I'm pretty big, but I'm not too big to do that. I I always remember the little people, because really, when you're me, everybody's a little person. But you have to be careful because those Lilliputians can take down Gulliver. It's happened. I read about it. It's true. It has been said. I know you're trying to read, Mark. Tom Tafelski, thanks for coming in. <laughs> we'll have you back maybe before the draft next year. You can tell no, us what's going to happen. Uh, no, I wouldn't even. Chris Ballard said everybody knows what's going to yeah, right. Is that what you I can tell you what's going to happen next year. Sure. Okay. All 32 teams are going to get seven picks. No, we'll let, we'll let Karsh and Anderson do that for a month. Oh, I don't get that. It's, it's uh, nauseating. I time, wish you'd hang around so kill. I can hear the Kurt Warner story. I, I, we I, I want to hear the Smiths again. I'm sure we got a Smith. You know, we we on, could uh, probably catch up over that uh, Wait, over uh, on that over some Mike Altus. I, how did you know about Mike and I going at it when his mom was here? Did you? We I, talked I, about. I'm, it. A, I'm a listener. I'm, a, I'm a Red Shovel Network. Uh, you know, I try and I can talk in drops if we need to. Okay. People do listen to the show, Sean. I know you'd think they don't. Well, I don't know. I I don't assume. Oh my god, that was a great one. Yeah, that, was it? That was a good pie. It was entertaining. Was yes, it? I. I, uh, I only wish you guys would have had YouTube back then. We could have seen the, the, the action. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was so awesome. Oh. Off the air was even better. Yeah, Michael, settle uh, down. <laughs> you, sh you know what? You should never assume uh, when you're investing either, right? You should have someone help you out. That's a heck of a transition. I'm just trying to Segway, as you would say. Yes. Um, and one guy who doesn't assume, who looks at numbers, who checks everything out, is Luke Nowacki. He is a sponsor of the ML Solar Detroit and the entire show. Red Shovel Network. Yeah, every show he's doing so well, he can splash it around and support all these shows, he's which a, is a sign of his acumen. Yeah, he's a good dude. If you are interested in seeing what he can do with your money, and give you a free consultation two four eight six six three forty seven forty eight is his phone number. Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Wealth. Um, yeah, give him a shot, and he'll get you on the right path. Right. Yeah, and when you call Luke, he'll make it all about. Your beautifulness, <laughs> sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRASIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. And whether you're a dime or you're trying to save a dime, we encourage you to call our friend David Hall. Yeah, Hall Financials, the spring buying season, it's here. Inventory is on the rise. I believe rates are the lowest in six months. So if you think it might be the time to buy, the first call you need to make is to Hall Financial. They have a ton of great programs right now that can save you money off your rate and even help you with down payment assistance. This week, they announced a 1% down program with up to $4,000 of forgivable down payment assistance for qualified buyers. If you're thinking about um, renovations, maybe you want to take some equity out of the house too, they can help you out with that. Go to our website or you can click on the link 
or I'll just I'll just tell you the link. It's callhallfirst.com. But rather you go to the website, MLSL Detroit, and click on the link, or you can just call 866 Call Hall and make sure to tell them that we sent you. So that's 866 Call Hall. If you want to do business with Luke or with David Hall, go to our website. We'll have a link to their website. And when you connect with them, please let them know that you heard about them from our show, which, as you know, is ML's Soul of Detroit. And uh, if you're looking for a good time on the east side or anywhere, uh, may we may we modestly recommend that you visit the Cadu Cafe. All day on, on Monday, it's Muscle Madness, Tom Tafelski approved. He would take a general manager or a preferred free agent there anytime without hesitation. All you can eat muscles. They also have an open jam on Monday nights. This week got some great stuff. Thursday, you can find the Twisted Lemon Blues Band presented by the Detroit Blues Society. Friday, Strictly Fine. Saturday, Ish. Sunday, Eric Goebel's Sunday Funday. Every week I screw that up. Eric, would you change the name to something that's not quite so damn clever? And then, of course, there's great music every night. This has one of the latest kitchens you'll find in town. Kitchens open till 10 o'clock on Sunday till midnight, Monday through Thursday, and Saturday and Friday, pretty much, you know, if you're hungry, they'll feed you. To find out more, go to caducafe.com. That's C-A-D-I-U-X-C-A-F-E dot C-O-M. I guess. There's a link on the website, too. Oh, yeah, we have a link on our website, too. So. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a dork. Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys? There's all kinds of reasons not to objectify people or to judge them based on their appearance. Which can, can we can we make this quick because we want to get to the song because we have an off the air story to listen to before Tom leaves and we need to get to the song so we can hear it. Why are you, why are you talking? He was you just yeah, delayed so us longer. The geek of the week is whatever the name and let's go. Victoria. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. It's important to judge people based on who they are. It's okay to tell them they look nice if you think that they would like that. And if they say they wouldn't, then you can just say, I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to praying here in church. There was no stopping you. You've been sitting on that for 45 minutes. But no, this week's No geek, Kurt Warner story is going to matter. It just doesn't matter. Kurt Warner's wife, by the way, a very nice person. Yeah. You like the gel in her hair, did you? I, I, I just heard she's a nice hair? person. Is I just she, remember it was all spiked up. It was up. shaved. What does she yeah. look like, Sean? I only know her good works. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Victoria Nazirova. She went to church, by the way, and let everybody know about it. Yeah, she was very... Oh, so so we can say mean things about people of faith. I get oh, it now. No, no, no. no. Go now. to church all you want. Just People you know. who love the baby Jesus can be mocked. I'm not mocking her going to church. Sure sounded like that to those of us who are destined to no, no, no. spend I just, the rest of I eternity in paradise. I don't dig it when you know when they're delaying the story comes. Yeah, so you're no. right. Go ahead, sorry. Sean Windsor, you are Oh, so, okay. No, uh, Victoria Okay, Nazarova. fine. I'm the geek of the week. What's the song? So, she was convicted <laughs> of attempted murder and get this. Because she poisoned I can't wait. her doppelganger. Cheesecake. Yeah. Yes, she had an American lookalike. She's a Russian-born woman. Am I your doppelganger? I wish. 
I wish I had your your strong chin, <laughs> my, my your turkey, prominent forehead, my, my turkey neck. Prominent your, uh, forehead. <laughs> it starts at the nose and goes all the way to the to the spine. Somebody in my uh, <laughs> s- somebody that was a cheap shot. <laughs> but I loved every every part. Somebody of it. in my household uh, <laughs> calls it a crow magnet man. I don't think it's quite that strong. Now Terry Bradshaw, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you're you're maybe more like uh, you're more like Australopithecus. Uh, Oh or maybe so, you, so you kept perhaps, your hair. perhaps Peltdown Man. No, I'm glad you kept your hair. Not to be good confused with Meltdown, who is on another station. Yeah, that's nice. And has a very good podcast. Yeah, no, you got your hair. Good, good for you. <laughs> I feel like I'm being judged on my appearance, which just no, I think it's led to believe that's not no, appropriate. I'm glad you got your hair. It makes you feel good about yourself. <laughs> and is my mind being read again? Okay, lots of magic happening here on the airwaves. Anyways. <laughs> This Russian-born woman finds out she has an American look-alike, and so then she tries to steal her identity. But that's not enough. She tries to kill her with a poison cheesecake. Brilliant. The district attorney, Melissa Cat, Melinda Cat, says a ruthless and calculating con artist is going to prison for a long time for trying to murder her way to personal profit and gain. And I dare say, by judging... Her victim on her <laughs> looks, <laughs> that is enough to make you Victoria Nazirova, our Geek of the Week. Welcome to Room 7609, that part of the show where we say, how are you looking for time? Well, we're running a little long, so we're going to dive right in. This is yet another in our installment of non-new wave songs that were inspired or include something from a new wave classic. So this is New Vibe Who Dis by Madison Mars featuring Little League. Holy stomped on it. Is this, is this not the right song? No, this is... I, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I totally ran right over the post. <laughs> it's my fault. When we're done with this song, we will ask you, do you know which New Wave song you heard? Got a new vibe on this. He didn't mean to get savage 2019, but you know the old adage Never judge a person, but the worst picture Gotta look deeper, gotta find a finster Got my own fam, too bad you're not in it I'm head of the table, every night for dinner You a little salty, better pass a pepper Go ahead and at me, but I got the paper Bye bye, out of my mind You say hello and I don't reply Got my own friends, you got yours, you don't know me Anymore, I'm on the way I'll Look at the ground, I won't wait I'm not coming down from this yes. Got no chill 
If you call it, go to voicemail Slide in my DM and I guarantee that you fail Feeling so high, I'm on another level They sound so bad, call me the devil It's like a vegetable, we about to turn up Oh crap, bouncing, I think I own this stuff Sun is coming up, but we're on a roll Do it all again, talk about squad goals Bye bye, out of my mind You say hello and I don't reply Got my own friends, you got yours, you don't know me Anymore, I'm on the way up Look at the ground, I won't wait I'm not coming down from this Sorry, I was just judging my fellow podcast members. So, so did it? I mean, uh, Sean doesn't like new wave music. Or no, it's great. It's great. Like anything. No, or rainbows or puppies. So we're trying love, to bring some other genres in here just to pacify. I this. actually do like that song, and I love you guys. And uh, oh are, my god, are we reading the feedback now? <laughs> so that was new vibe. Who dis? By Madison Mars featuring Little League. I, I know that song. I know the New Wave song. I have no idea what the name of it is. Do you know who performed it? No. No. Sean? No. I remember. Can I give you a clue? No, just say it. Allison Moyer was in the band. No, just say it. Go ahead. It's okay. You know the more you do this, Sean, the, the slower he goes. Just say it, please. With Vince from... No? Does anybody know the name Yazoo? Also known as Yaz, Don't Go. Is that the song? That's the song. This feels like Ferris Bueller's class. Come on, man. He did that on purpose. Yeah, no? No, I know the song. I don't know Yazoo or Don't Go. I just, I could not have named I could not have named it or placed it. No. I heard you guys. surprised by that? Talking about the blind pig before the show in Ann Arbor. If you went to any dance club in Ann Arbor or anywhere else before the year 2000, you had to hear Don't Go. I guarantee you, if you go to any club. dance club back in those days. No, but I'm saying if you went to any club where music was played, I'm assuming that if you went to the blind pig, you would have gone someplace else. Perhaps the Nazareth Ballroom, Good Time Charlie's, any place where music was played. What else did I see there? The Meat Puppets I saw there? Yeah. Game Theory? Trying to remember who else, yeah. The bu- uh, maybe the, uh, no, maybe the butthole surfers. Anyway, go ahead. I was six when that song came out, so I wasn't at the dance uh, the dance halls. <sighs> okay, what's the next segment? Well, we this is the portion Jesus, of the show. Sean, you know, it's going to make him go slower. This is the portion of the show that we're going to get through very fast, and that's a shame because it's where we thank our donors. And I want to just 
give a heartfelt thanks to yes, no donors this oh, week. Balls. So now let's let's cue up that great Max Prokop music bed for our feedback. And we may need both of our commissioned pieces of music because we have quite a lot from our listeners, which we love to hear. I'm going to start us off oh. by saying, <laughs> Sean, would you please read us some feedback? Allow me. And I can see why you gave this one to me. Mike. Is it Mike or is it ML? I'm always confused. Congrats on the success of your column. Would Mark and Sean agree that you are currently <laughs> the most powerful journalist in the state? <laughs> do, I, do I? No. Do I need to read any more that, of this? Is that from him? Do Did I have to write this himself? Yeah, yeah, it's like Kevin Durant. You got you got your burner accounts. This is this is awesome. Yeah. Well, I think this is this question deserves some discussion and debate. I mean, what 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 is your gentleman? What is Jesus your Christ. position on this this question? On this you must question? be you must be getting bootlicked by every sleazebag Paul from Belle Isle, Ottawa County. Frantic that Bloodhound ML might take aim and put their dirt in the front page of the Sunday Freep. Wow. Only minor critique I have is I think you hold back. Okay. Who is this for? What? You could have gone much harder on being kicked out of City Hall. Yada, 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 yada. Keep up the good work, Dan. P.S. I'd like to recommend a show guest, another Mike, Mike Cox. I heard Cox on LaDuff last great. week. Is that Charlie LaDuff? Yes, he was really good. And it was the first time I've ever heard him chat at length. Really charismatic and blunt guy. You're both Irishmen, right? Okay, now this answer is going to be all about Charlie LaDuff. What? what do you have to say, Mike? I think I did hold back a little bit, but I think we all understand that if the Earth were any closer to the sun, we'd all be incinerated. So I wanted to reserve some of that power to help make our solar system just right. You are not just the most powerful journalist in this state. You're the most powerful human being on the planet. Is that fair to say, Mark? I mean, if we're talking about his perception of himself... You didn't really sell that, Sean. It almost had a bit of a, a bit of a question mark at the end of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, getting past that, was there um, a question in that? In no, that there's no question. Oh, That's okay. just feedback. I read it. Mike's awesome. And what do you have, Mark? Yeah. So nobody's afraid of me, but it is crucial that the that reporters be able to keep a post in Detroit City Hall, as I wrote about on Sunday, mm -hmm. which I think was on A4, not the front page. The free press is relinquishing its lease on our basement press rooms because, first of all, we want to save some money. And second of all, once we got kicked off the mayor's floor in 2010 by Dave Bing and a henchwoman who works for Dave Bing, okay, yeah. we were consigned to the basement, which is the worst possible place to observe what's going on in city government. Now, Tom is a former elected official in Dearborn, and I imagine he would tell you that reporters who go to Dearborn City Hall will see a lot more if they go to the mayor's floor or to the city council chambers than they would next to the broom closet in the basement. Is that is that a fair That's assessment? a uh, true statement. It's a true statement. So, so what ended up happening is when we were in City Hall, we could see things like the mayor's best friend, the mayor's dad going to the office for freebies. You could see when the mayor was in trouble, a bunch of his appointees would come running into the office. You could see members of city council going into the mayor's office for meetings, which gave you an idea that either they were being shouted at for not getting on board or they were being wooed so that they would become 
part of the bandwagon that the mayor was trying to put together for an initiative. It was a front row seat for the way democracy works. It was exactly where a watchdog needs to be. If you're going to be a watchdog, you need to guard the door. You should not be in the basement. And so I have initiated a campaign this weekend, and I'm going to be beating this drum all week and beyond that to try and restore reporters to a prime spot in City Hall, to either the mayor's floor on the 11th floor or to City Council on the 13th floor. And to those of you who have been critical of the media for not reporting as much on Ken Cockrell, Dave Bing, or Mayor Duggan, I submit to you there are two primary reasons. One is there are fewer reporters because we can't afford to have the same size staff that we had 20 years ago. And two, and perhaps first and foremost, is because we do not have eyes on the prize because we have been buried in the basement. So if you want to see more and better City Hall coverage, quit bitching to me, call the mayor's office, call city council, call the joint building authority, and tell them you want to see reporters returned to a press room where they can do their job. Can I ask you a question, though? You said the free press isn't renewing the lease. Why don't they just, I mean, isn't it better to be in the building, even if it's in the basement? Than thank it not thank be, you for that. Than to not be in the building at all? No, because I mean, most question. most government buildings provide free workspace for the media. That's a standard operating thing. And the problem is with the free press, we're in the basement. We There's no point in being in the basement. In fact, there's receptivity issues in terms of using your phone, in terms of sending stuff. We all work off a laptop now. We don't have routers where we dial into the main office or anything like that. The basement is a terrible space. In fact, you're better off just sitting in a hallway with a laptop on your knees and reporting a story than you are working out of the basement in City Hall. And so we are paying the we're paying a premium for the worst space in the whole damn building. And that doesn't serve anybody's purposes. Plus, here's the other thing, and I hope people don't miss this point. It's only the free press that has access to that space. Whereas if the city and the building authority would provide a workspace where anybody could go, which happens in most government buildings like U.S. District Court, like the State yeah. House, other that, places like that. A couple of examples are enough. I thought share. Tom had some thoughts. Oh, I, you know, I was going to say, I think the reporters keep the politicians, and they, I hate that word. I think they're more elective, elected officials if you're actually doing your job and representing the people. Um, the politician thing kind of sounds sleazy and... You know, one of the things why I left was the art of compromise is, is gone and, oh, yeah. you know, some of the backroom doors, backroom deals and that kind of thing. So it, it'd be nice, but I, I also think the reporters have a, you know, a duty and an obligation if they're going to do that to follow the committee, the meetings at the committee's uh, level, at the uh, council level and not just you know, sit in the basement, but you are correct. You are better off at city hall sitting right by that door, by the parking lot on the bench and watching, watching who's walking in and out and going up to the executive uh, elevator to that, uh, that meeting place. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't tell you how many times I've actually ridden on the elevator with somebody who I wanted to talk to. Right. You know, somebody who might not have returned a phone call or an email 
And, and sometimes you don't realize you want to talk to them until you get on the elevator and say, what are you doing in City Hall? You work over at the Department of Public Works, or you work over at the police department. What's the chief doing on the elevator looking like he's about to cry? I got a <laughs> feeling I should make some phone calls about this even if he won't talk to me. So this is, this is huge for transparency, which every elected official says they believe in. And this is huge for really the defense of democracy. And I know that sounds grandiose, but I'm telling you, folks, we know a lot about what happened during the Kilpatrick administration because we had a front row seat. And I'm also telling you, once we're gone... We won't be back Tom, the bell because work? they will not let us back <laughs> in. And I know Sean agrees with me because he works for from a free press box provided by the teams. And that's a for-profit operation, and they think nothing of providing free workspace for the media because they also understand that the coverage benefits their business as government benefits from coverage of what government does. And, and let me leave it on one last thought. This isn't about dollars and cents because if... The building authority in the city says, well, we really want to have a few more thousand dollars rent. Well, you didn't seem to be that tough when you gave away $800 million to Mike Illich and Stephen Ross. You didn't think that was a bad deal. Well, can you invest a couple grand in preserving democracy and helping the people understand what the hell it is that you're doing up there in your penthouse suites behind closed doors? I think that is a very tiny, infinitesimal down payment on democracy. Tiny so it enough. ain't about dollars and cents. <laughs> there, Better late than never. There we go. Okay. Okay. All oh right. Boy. My turn. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Kevin emailed in with a bill. Can we get some more music? This might take a minute, too. Oh, geez. No, no, no. Please. It doesn't need to. Really. Um, oh, Kevin yeah. emails in a Bill Bond story. I'm out. Great episode. We're Great. about done, Tom. I promise. You know, no one is making this take longer than you. I, I think I'm correct there. All right. Anyways, I think you secretly want to stay longer because you keep dragging it out. Oh, I don't. I just, I knew when Mike was the greatest journalist ever that that was going to be 15 <laughs> fucking minutes. But go ahead. That, my, that's just one man's opinion. And why did you know what? Here's the thing. And I know this is taking. Uh, I'm sorry. No, why did he no, hand me I, that? Why did he hand me that one? And you're about to read about Bill Bonds. Why did he not give you this one? I think we know why. He wanted to hear the words out of my mouth. But go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Kevin's less less words out of your mouth actually would make me happier. But, <laughs> why, are you, why are you climbing across the table now? Um, okay, where am I? Uh, Kevin says, my buddy and I skipped school my senior year for the Tigers opening day in 1992. At that game, my only opening day ever, I also got what is to this day the only game ball I've ever gotten. If you recall, Tiger Stadium had those ramps that went into the stands from the concourse. While I'm standing in line at the concession, something hits my shoe. I look down, and it's a ball! It was cranked out by Derek Bell. The Blue Jays rolled down the ramp and hit me right in my shoe. As someone who took my glove to every game since I was a wee lad, I was thrilled to finally get a ball. Fast forward to the end of the game, my friend and I go to the field to try and get the ball signed by some of our heroes of the Dusty Diamond. Well, we see Bill Bonds hanging around the field and yell, Hey, Bill! He looks over and very jovially says, Hey, guys, want an autograph, do you? Of course, I did not necessarily want his autograph, my new prized possession, but before I could react, the ball was in his hand and he filled one side of the ball with his signature in year. Over the years, I've managed to add many signatures to the ball. Sparky, Travis Fryman, Trammell, Frank Howard, Frank Tanana, 
but it's dominated by Bill Bonds. Now that I'm older, I'm actually glad I have the autograph as well as the story. It definitely makes it impossible to forget my only Tigers opening day as well as my only game ball. He's included a picture. Where's the picture? Oh, I the picture I, along. I have to take a look at that. That is a good story. I love Bill Bonds, man. Now, is this is he trying to build up the courage to ask me to sign that ball next? No, absolutely Bill? not. Oh. oh, I don't think he wants anything. From is me. he not aware that I am the most powerful? Um, Journalist. What, a, what a bummer that must have been. I wish I, Kevin, if you're listening, please let me know how old you were too, because I think that kind of plays into it. Like if you're a little kid and you get bummed. Oh, out here's of a the picture ball. of the ball. Hold That's, did Look you at see, this. Did you see what Tom just did, Mark? No. Look what, at this. What he, he wanted to know if you, we needed to make bigger headphones, wider headphones to get, over, to get over Mike's head. T- take a look at this. He has the ball on a pedestal and there's a hairpiece on the ball. Yeah. Oh wow! God, he did take up a lot of space there. That's a that's a lot of real estate oh, for one nice. signature. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Do you do you put yourself on a pedestal? <laughs> I I just like to do my work, Sean. Okay. I, I just like to serve the people. Yeah, and why did he sign at ninety two? So this does this have a greater value than the eighty nine ball that yes. Bonzo signed? So he'll, he'll remember. Yeah, because it's part of the story. Yeah, it is. Maybe maybe he hit ninety two home runs that season. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, Kevin, great story. We love to get your stories and your feedback, especially the fawning syncophanic stuff. Uh, you can send it to mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. Please use small words that Sean can use when he reads it because otherwise he kind of gets caught up in stuff and it becomes a little challenging. But we love to hear from you. You can even call us. It's, it, it's, it's theoretically possible at 313-288-9070. That's Butterfield 89070. But please keep the feedback coming. We also appreciate if you rate the show. Uh, you just go to wherever podcast service. You, there's usually a rating option there. Just Hit that. We, we love it when you give us five stars, but give us whatever you think. Uh, but please, whatever you do, just judge us for who we are on the inside. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Sean, <laughs> has Carlos returned? He has returned. Is he back on the Carlos and Sean podcast? He will be. We'll be talking about the NFL draft with the great Dave Burkett. Oh, I guess. My mandate. I guess. Uh, you were inspired by what you heard today Nobody on better. ML Soul Detroit, thinking that the draft might be a worthy topic. <laughs> I guess you'll be talking to the same old people instead of a fascinating guest like Tom Tafelski, who's been flying under the radar with all his amazing stories. No, this was great. This was great fun. We're going to do something a little bit different. We'll, you know, sort of break down the players and as much as we can. We'll leave it to Dave. How about that? And Carlos. I love the cut of that guy. Yeah, right. Carlos has lots of insight. I love, I, I, I like his fresh take. Oh, yeah, he's already writing about a contra- good quarterback controversy. I was like, oh, my God, that was so nice that he wasn't around to write about the draft. I tried to tell him on our last <laughs> podcast, right. you're allowed to write about hockey and baseball. You hate Carlos. I love Carlos. You're so controlling. You I love Carlos. Stop trying to control everyone's content. I love Carlos. Carlos, you're the boss on that show, aren't you? No, you're I'm the not. boss. I love Carlos, but... But Not Hugo Boss. When you think Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud are the same quarterback, oh, you, not do not get deser- you do not deserve to write about football. And not even close. Sean has never made a mistake. Go back. He's that's omniscient. Not really a mis- that's not really a mistake. It's also just an opinion. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. that's what, the Carlos what, what and Tom's Guest said. Podcast. Are you done dragging the show out today, Sean? Do you want to... No, he has to no, longer. I mean, I do have another job to do. Cyrus, right? please. <laughs> what? Take us out.
Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Mike listeners know stars wouldn't be stars without the help of those who make them shine. Where's the Drill Mike podcast? Where's my movie? You're a piece of... This isn't about money. It's about ego. That is absolutely not untrue. If I get you really drunk sometime, will you tell me what happened to you as a kid?